Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 81, the show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I'm your co-host, Fauna ABDL. And it's so good to have you back. Thank you. And we're not Thank alone. Thank you for your gracious patience with me. I mean, fuck, we've all been there. But we're not but alone. Yeah. We have nothing short of a visionary in the community. Everyone, please say... Hello. Sorry, my brain shut down, but it's back. Please say hello to Alexi. Hi. Hello. I don't know if I call myself a visionary, but I am Alexi. Uh, I would call you visionary as you are the person responsible for the wonderful event we know as Capcom. As, as I say, I do a thing. You sure do. (laughs) You sure do. I think that everyone talks about in just the best ways. The best of mm. some people talk about in the worst of ways on FetLife, but we don't consider Uh, their opinions because it's FetLife is like the Facebook of kink. You're not wrong. (laughs) uh, There is occasionally something that comes out that can at least be useful to think about. Yeah. So. How have we been over the past week? Um, good. Hungover and in shock, but good. I think all three of us are in like a slightly like kind of like not standard state of mind right now. That's yes, that's fair. Oh, my God. I've got a story for you. Do you want to tell do you want me to tell the the thing that happened on the weekend? Uh, yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about it. So I'm laying there, titties out, fingers in my cooch. And this person. So I was there, barbecue sauce in my titties. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Um, and this person who I've been fooling around with for a long time, who isn't really in the community at all. is just kind of like kind of curious about it and likes to, um, talk to me about it and kind of has questions about it and is curious used the d word mm-hmm. while he was fingering me and i just was just like not ready for it at all and was like wow that's very exciting and horrifying mm-hmm. so i had a, a, a long night of um uh shameful panic mm-hmm. was it used in relatable was it used in like a positive connotation or a negative connotation or like a neutral connotation neutral it was neutral isn't that weird yeah because if it's a neutral connotation saying the word hold on let me get my diaper then that means it's like a normalized like thing you know yeah Yeah. although still (laughs) fucking terrifying right where i was like oh oh you've i have never even told you that i'm into them i just said the word age play Oh. And then he put all the dots together. Oh no! Oh, ooh, that's spicy. Uh, Never so been so wet okay. and so scared. <laughs> Just all of a sudden, anxiety macaroni. <laughs> oh 
my god okay there you uh, go new we're term. writing that one down anxiety macaroni <laughs> macaroni <laughs> while you write that down alexi how have you been uh i'm good just a little tired i mean i went and met up with some of the folks from the con over the weekend went to wisconsin that was fun Ooh, but, that's exciting yeah other than then just work stuff so i'm good but tired but that's also my normal state of being sure although i do have a story that's kind of similar to uh people figuring out things and connecting dots at random not partners though and not during any sort of sexual activity so not quite as exciting okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> but also but, probably uh, relatable and i want to hear about it yeah yeah so i was with it back in college my first time when i was getting my undergrad i um was out with a bunch of friends a couple of my a couple of them i was going to be roommates with and one of them went on this rant about putting together all of the things that I do, like shaving off body hair and doing all this other stuff. And then was just like, you're clearly into, I saw this thing about adult babies and diapers and all the stuff. And I think that's what you're into. I'm like, uh. oh, no. Oh, I'm like, um, hmm. Yeah, oh, sure. That's no. absolutely what I'm into, clearly, as you can see from all of the things. And they literally wrote it off from there. Well, I'm glad that they, they like, wrote it off. off yeah. As soon as I said that, they're like, oh, yeah, no, that sounds ridiculous. Oh, no. See, deer meat headlights, that happened multiple times in my existence. But that some of that can come into a story of how I got into the scene. Oh, dear meats headlights, not like venison headlights. No, no, no. Although that sounds absurd. You have to understand, I just spent a week in the Appalachian Mountains. Were there venison headlights? There is lots of venison, not a lot of headlights. That's fair. (laughs) But uh, I interrupted you. Please continue. Oh, no, I, I, uh, it was just one of those things where you have to kind of laugh it off and then go back to normal. But I did eventually talk to them about it and then tell them they were right. And they were like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And they clearly forgot it after that happened. Relief. Oh, it's like when I accidentally set a link to the lead guitarist in my old band. (laughs) I meant to send him a link to a demo tape that I did because we were hashing out like a song. I sent him a link to a, Oh, I sent him a link to a passy. Oh, I think I remember you mentioning that before. Yeah, I know. Mortifying. I think, Uh I think I deleted it in time. Never came up. So song got written and it came out and got a music video. So clearly, you know, who fucking cares? Uh, (laughs) so who water under that bridge? I know um, I also ran into that before with like a roommate once where I had the apartment to myself. I had a couple of roommates and I'm pretty sure I left one of my like giant bottles out in the middle of the living room. Oh no. It never got brought up. Nothing ever happened of it. As soon as I remembered, I went and got it. It just wasn't a thing we talked about. Sure. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best response. That is in my opinion, one of the best responses. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, so before we get into the things, uh, my week, um, 
in review. Uh, I posted last week's episode this week, uh, simply be- and then this episode is one day late uh, because I was in Appalachia for a week. It was great. I went down with uh, Haradoshan, who was on the show before. Went down with uh, Luna, who's in the chat right now. Uh, ju- there's like seven of us and just like fucking around in the woods, enjoying some high quality weed, enjoying some high quality Cleveland craft brews. Uh, lots of like really, really good food. Like I made up like a bunch of like like my like signature red sauce that I make up from scratch and like some, some pizza dough and like other people brought other, like there was like pancetta and guanciale and lots of like fucking good shit. We made like slow roasted carnitas on the fire for like five hours. And just mm, manja. And we just like mm. laid back, got drunk and high and just watched really shitty horror movies. And it was great. <laughs> it was, I've, uh, if you've never seen the movie Phantasm while high as a kite, please do. It is amazing. <laughs> it is incredibly more bearable watching it in an altered state of mind. Uh, and what I alluded to earlier is before the show, I decided to pick a fight with a can of Mike's Harder Lemonade and lost. I fucked around and found out. So Gray and I made emergency cinnamon rolls. So... I could absorb all the alcohol in my stomach. <laughs> and so now I'm here completely sobered up with a big tank of water and I am ready and raring to do the show. I did not know that Mike's Harder existed. It is 8%. It sure is. It uh-huh. sure yeah, is. Yeah, that would fuck me up too. Well, how many, hold on. Mike's Harder Lemonade. Because I want to see like, just to give people an idea of like how many ounces <laughs> the official website says lemonade the hits harder eight percent alcohol zero fucks i'm just like wow you sure did you <laughs> oh and it's sure. in a tall boy can it is it looks like it's in a 24 ounce can uh the the little uh tab at the top has an engraved lightning bolt in it and that is just that's everything about me and it's not like it's not like etched in it's like punched through like, like on my punk jackets, I like to like thread a safety pin and have like a bunch of like pop can lids. So I'm just going to have a row of those lightning bolt ones. That's going to be really fucking cool. Anyways, uh, we have a Patreon. We sure do. Uh, everyone just Absolutely. went. Everyone went really quiet when I started going off about my questionable taste in liquor. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, I, uh, oh, and I, I asked before. I was also looking up like regular mics. Regular mics is five percent. Yep, it hits um, harder. Yeah, yeah, that would do it. Sure does. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, uh, tell us about the Patreon. Yes, the Patreon one dollar vanilla tier that gets you a username shout out on the show, and those lovely people are Casa, Danielle, Jolene, Latchel, Goss Cheeks, Manic Pixie Panda, Nappy Red Panda, Race Star, and Red. Fun note about Darlene Laddle. Uh, they are a really good friend of the show and we collaborate with them on projects and you should go listen to their podcast, Lattle Prattle. Definitely go check that mm-hmm. out. Uh, $5 Kingster tier, which gets you access to our photo channel. We have none other than baby Alexi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, we have Chells, Lindsay, Lux, Meerkat, Ragtime, Retro, Skywalker Ranch, The Starling Family, and Stitchlet in the $10 fascist tier, which gets you an extended shout out up to one sentence and access to our video channel. We have Luna, Mayuchu, Neocrypted, and Panda Gorin. In the $15 center tier, which gets you some input on the stuff that we make, we have Kiffy and Kaneko, who writes Bawoo. In the $20 TV tier, which gets your name written on my body for all the planned pornographic content, we have AO, who writes, <clears throat> pardon me, I had so much spit in my mouth. The babies have nothing to lose, but they're lucky mittens. They have a nursery to win. Littles unite. Uh, Brya, who writes, drink water, pee pants. Daddy Gray, who writes, Thank you for being a friend. Aw. Uh, Juicebox, Spade, Jess, Cat, who writes public service announcement, PSR in the balls. No, it's not. Uh, let's call me Joe, who writes, welcome to the show, Alexi. I can't wait to hear from you. Aw. Uh, Lupin, person alias, who writes back to functioning, Pope Felix, Sluggy, Soup, and Summer, who writes, the first Pokemon I ever caught was a Pidgey, and his name was Nimbus. So... Here we are, uh, back at it again with the fucking WDJN. People who listen to the live show but don't listen to the recorded, like, edited show, you miss out on, like, the news bulletin music that I edit in. I think it's pretty choice. Uh, the only, it is. It's really choice. Uh, the only piece of news that we have is Twitter sucks now. Um... Over the past week, uh, Elon Musk has fucked Twitter so hard is now unrecognizable. Uh, obviously, that's hyperbole. But basically, if you pay eight bucks a month, anyone can be verified now, which means that you can have a verified checkmark account and have unbelievably terrible opinions. Also, if you do not have a checkmark, your account is now effectively shadow banned. Um Excuse me. So now it's a, uh, you need to put your account instead of home mode into latest mode to still sometimes see the people you follow. Uh, other than that, basically the algorithm now permanently stifles your responses, your posts, your everything. Uh, and that just fucking sucks. Uh, pretty mm -hmm. much overnight Twitter instantly like felt different. Like, all of a sudden, my account was getting like infinitely less interactions, less people were online, less people were posting. And what sucks about most of it is, um, what sucks about it is like this community is so like creator based and especially very art based. And Twitter is like the, was the home for artists. And now a lot of them are scrambling to say like, you know, please don't leave Twitter. Where else will we go? Some of them are going back to DeviantArt, Shutter. Some of them are going back to Fur Affinity, Double Shutter. Some of them are trying to do Instagram and Tumblr. And it's just like the community is just incredibly fragmented right now. So wherever you call your internet home for this community, you know, I hope that you're doing well because I know that a lot of us uh, have have taken it really, really, really hard. Because a huge chunk of the community revolved around Twitter, and it sucks. Uh, so keep yourself safe. Make informed choices. Hang out in a safe Discord that you know to be safe, like ours. It's free. If you want some good vibes, good community, come on over. 
Uh, Joe just said uh, the blue check mark means that you bought it. White check mark means that they've verified you, which is hilarious because pretty much like for the past two weeks, Elon Musk makes a terrible decision and then immediately has to roll it back. And it's just like, oh, man, that one account, Crypto Bros Taking L's, probably has so much, just so much content to work with now. So that's that's hilarious. All right. Uh, off of the depressing shit. Uh, no more depressing shit. <laughs> no more depressing. Uh, we have Alexion um, for something very, very special. And... Um, a topic that I really, really think is really incredible. Um, kind of like how I had Purse on the show at Capcom to tell us a story. I asked Alexi to come on the show to tell one of her stories. And um, much like Purse uh, said this in like a game uh, before D&D um, when we were hanging out, uh, you told us a story when we had um, kind of like a little like executive uh part room party at capcon we were me and the crew we were in your suite and we were all just like seven different shades of fucked up and we were just like listening to you regale this tale to us like a chronicler in greece and you were uh you were bestowing upon to us the oral history of capcon and in my very cross-faded brain i was like Dude, we should like have this on the show. So here we are. Uh, I would love Joe. You were not a hanger on that insinuates <laughs> that I have some sort of acumen in the scene. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, Alexi funny was not there. The audience wasn't there, but me and you know, our, our friends were there and now for, everyone else i would be honored if you were to give us the oral history of capcon so that's that's a big task (laughs) (laughs) um well so it was every time i kind of tell this story it's kind of surreal because i i've started imposing rules which the first one is that i i need to have a cocktail so i came prepared so i'm having crown and coke Nice, very so I'm nice. Ready for this. Um, but when I gave that particular, you know, segment of discussion, it was it started out with just a few of us, and then it just kept growing, and eventually it was like this semicircle of people all staring at me, waiting for me to say something. And whenever I do that, it's kind of surreal. It goes into like that same thing like in the closing ceremonies when I can just move my hands and the volume changes and I don't understand how I came that or what that means or how that works. And it's kind of a lot. But there definitely was some big say the line, Bart energy in that suite. <laughs> so all right, where where I guess in order to properly explain how Capcom became a thing. We have to start in the past. Before you start for real, I just wanted to let you know, you can have literally as much time as you want. I specifically planned tonight's episode to give you literally as much time as you need. And we can like dynamically choose what we do after the story based on how long it is. So by all means, no restrictions, 
talking sick. Please go off. I will. I will. I will. I, I prefer to let things go organically, so we'll just see what happens. But <laughs> so when I was, I had had switched from my community college, finished there, and had gone into Columbia College in Chicago to to, to get a degree in art, which was a terrible decision, but I did it anyway. School was good though, and I decided during that time when I was around 22 that I was gonna find a scene because I had been into, you know, all of this ABDL age play stuff. I didn't know most of the terms at the time um, through the internet, at least, and through figuring out myself, but I'm like, I'm going to find a scene in Chicago. Oh, I try to find an area or a location or something where people are meeting. I Google search eventually because I'd heard the term BDSM and I was like, I think it falls under that category somewhere. So I searched Chicago BDSM. Turns out that uh, the Next Generation Chicago, or TNGC, which is actually TNG's a national organization, um, was like a 10-minute walk from where I lived at the time. And I'm like, well, I can't not go. That's like fate. So I go to this munch. And I'd never been to a munch before. I don't know what to do. I, you know, They had a tiny website that was not well-made. And I'm reading and all the things and figuring out what's going to happen. And and I'm, like, terrified out of my mind. I've never met anyone in, in real life. I've only chatted with Dear people. Dear Ready to do this. I walk in, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're the biggest group in the restaurant. And it's this little hookah bar. And there's literally three groups of three people. And I'm like, great. Now I have zero idea what's going on and who's there. And so I'm, this is where the deer in headlights look comes. I'm literally horrified, have no idea who I'm supposed to meet or what's going to happen. And I'm just standing there. Thankfully, someone who had been a leader for some time saw me, came up and asked me if I was looking for the group. I'm like, aha. And they bring me in. They literally were like a foot taller than me and just wrapped their arms around me. And I was just engulfed. It was amazing. I love them. I haven't seen them in a long time, but I love them. And that literally started what would eventually become a whole bunch of things. Because it literally took me, I would say, probably 45 minutes to even talk about what I was interested in. When I finally get up the courage to explain it, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, great. So now here I am. I went to this thing. I did this stuff. And there isn't a place. There isn't a thing. And that was kind of depressing. But the people there were nice. And I started learning about all these other things. So it's one of those initial things that happened where I was introduced into the greater kink scene before I was introduced into having just an ABDL or age play scene which I totally promote to the world. I'm like, go go to the greater kink scene and meet them and talk to the people and see all the crossover. But so I was going to parties and I was doing munches and within a year I become the leader of this group because apparently I was just doing the job without actually having the title. And they were like, here, now you get a badge or something. I'm like, okay, cool. And it was around that time after I had been just spreading the word about 
you know, age play and ABGL and what it was and what it did. And believe me, I would go to these parties. I didn't know I was into anything else. So I'd be all dressed up and I'd have my stuff and I'd be the only one. And I was felt like a sideshow act half the time. But I would ask questions and I would learn and they would ask questions lots of times and try to figure things out. And eventually I get, I'm in a munch, I'm running things and two people come up to me and they go, so you've been spreading the word. You've been creating groups. Oh, I missed a point. Rewind. Around that time that I had started, FetLife had just become a thing. That's a keynote because that becomes important. So I made a group and it was a horrible name. It was like age play for Chicago land and the surrounding areas and blah, blah, blah. It had like five words in it. It was terrible. And so I'd been running that, trying to get people to join it, trying to find anyone in the city who was doing anything. And um, so fast forward now a year, running the group and doing the things. And, um, two people come up to me and they're like, you've been spreading the word. You've been teaching people. You've been doing all this stuff. And we want your help starting a group. And I'm like, okay. Or starting a munch, which eventually would become a group. And I'm like, I, at the time, I didn't really think about what it was to actually start something. I just, I'm like, oh, you can just do that. I didn't know there were what the rules were. I didn't know what, what you did. And just kind of, I was like, well, if we can just do it, sure. And from there, we combined a couple of groups we made. And, and that's when the Chicago Age Players first came. And so what happened then, of course, is we're starting this munch. And like pretty much all munches, we would have like, we're lucky to get one to two people to show up for months. And that was kind of rough. Sometimes I'd be there with just the leaders and it'd be like, okay. Or sometimes I'd be the only one there. Eventually picked up. And within a year, the other people who had been basically leaders in the group had gone to a couple of other events and came back. And one of them had suggested, hey, let's do a convention. I'm like, are you joking? Because in my opinion, I've been running the munch basically by myself at this point. And I'm like, I, there's not enough people who are even into this to have an event that would be that big, that we would need that space. Spoiler, I've been proven wrong, but I 100% was like, there's no way, but okay, let's do this thing. And fortunately, as young as I was, because this is me only like 23 working towards 24, I had no idea how to even step foot into this whole like arena and so they set up with the first hotel and i knew that i would just be working more as is doing footwork and things and in the actual event so we get there and and the old this is old enough where the old owners of abu were actually sponsors and we still have this sign from them somewhere. It's, it's not good, but we have it. 
And um, that was 68 people, I want to say, with leaders. I think it was 63 individuals. And then, and then the leadership, which had brought in people I had never seen before, who were just brought on through the other individuals. I'm like, okay. And this is where I learned that you need to tell the hotel things more than just hope it works. Now, so we set up for all these things, and, and that's when I found out that, that there's actually a, a Littles pageant circuit and things that happen, and I didn't know that existed. Fortunately, lots of other people knew more than I did because they'd had more experience. But we had a Littles pageant, and that went mostly well until someone broke down and had a horrible, horrible reaction to someone winning who they didn't necessarily like for multiple reasons that I don't want to go into. And that turned into a thing that we had to call the police. I'm like, great, first event, oh, we've got to call the police. What was that? Oh, my God. Yeah. I Literally. Mean, actually, oh, the I'm hotel so was, was happy that we took care of it and handled it. I was mostly fearing for both the safety of the individual and the safety of everyone else. We also had someone run into the event space, take pictures, and run out from a wedding. We had that. that we had them caught and checked their phone and deleted pictures. That was something. Um... And then, let's see, what else? We were across from a Christian science convention. Oh, God. And they were very nice. Oh. They were super nice. Like, of all of the people that we could have been next to, I was laughing hysterically. I was like, this is, this is amazing. They were super nice. And then, finally, it gets to the end of that, like, whole event and we'd gone through the ups and downs and there's people you know all dressed up and all you know whatever and we're in like literally one room as compared to you know what it is now and we needed some tables moved so we talked to the hotel and some guys came in and moved some tables in or something to that effect i don't remember why specifically and they apparently talked to whatever third shift manager was there and the third shift manager freaked out and wanted to kick us out of the hotel. And there were people who were there with, I don't still don't completely understand this, but still without proper clothes that they could walk through the hotel at the time, which never made sense to me, but okay. So then we literally had to shuffle the entirety of the convention event it's more of an event at that point, but in what wrapped in towels and blankets and sheets up a back stairwell into back to their rooms in order to get them out of this space that the guy was freaking out about. That was not fun. But in that was when I learned that you you definitely unfortunately it wasn't my fault. Uh you definitely tell the hotel everything you possibly can because otherwise it will end like that. Ultimately, they didn't kick us out, but we didn't go back. And we go to, so then I'm like, okay, we're talking after the event. 
and everyone's like, so are we going to do a second year? And, well, we've seen at least this many people can come. I, do, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen, but we have to talk to the hotel and be real. Because that, uh, that first event ended up getting someone fired, too. Because the reason we got the hotel was because somebody worked in hotel something and had actually set that up. And that's why they didn't 100% know. And that was not good. Oh. And so... So it was all that, cloak uh, and dagger. It was. And I'm like, oh, no. That's not good. But I knew that from, from the first bit. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, you guys, that you can't you can't do that and expect it to work. But they did, and then we learned. So we went on to this goes to year two. Now, year two, I've taken a bigger set of control with the con, but I'm still not the point person talking to the hotel yet. That doesn't come till year three. But in year two, we are, we definitely got bigger. We almost doubled in participants, like another 60 people or something to that effect showed up pretty close to. And this is where I start to learn that there's people outside of, like really outside of this area that are starting to at least hear about it a little bit. The first person I recall having from out of the immediate area was someone from New Zealand. I'm like, how did you even? Like, we were still barely advertising. It was like a little thing blip on Fat Life. I don't even think we had a Capcom group at that point. We might have, but it wasn't even that big. And I'm like, okay. And we're just barely getting things. And at this point, we were also starting to meet other people. And we met the folks who eventually make TeddyCon and stuff like that. And, and eventually, they also help us out with some equipment and stuff. But we got through the second year fairly well. There was no huge incidents for the most part, and except for one. And yeah, I can to an extent. Basically, so we had someone who was he would like to poke at situations and kind of like the attention and Ooh. was from the local community, but they ended up kind of messing with a presenter. And the presenter ended up kind of flipping out on them a little bit. And then, but the presentation was basically this kind of meditation thing. So the, there were a few leaders there, and we weren't in a state to deal with it. And the other leaders, because at this point we're running like nine people, too many chiefs, believe me. And, uh, and that ended poorly. And then, Long story short, we ended up fixing that specific problem. And then everybody except for me and two others quit from being leaders. 
So I'm sorry. here I am with, oh, do you have something to say? Um, uh, so, so here I am with the other two, and this is um, Rocker and, and Mo, as most people know them. Uh, and we're sitting at, at a table talking, and I basically this is this is the future of Capcom at this point. This is so I want to keep doing this thing. Clearly, there's a need for it, but I can't do it by myself. So if you two are leaving, it is done. And they decided to stay and help, and that's when I kind of took the lead role in all of the things. Because literally everyone else walked away. And, and so now uh, what ends up happening from that is, of course, now we go in to talk to the hotel. And I have zero idea what they said to the hotel in the last year. Because I didn't talk to the hotel directly. And I'm nervous. And I walk in and I'm like, so... I have no idea whether or not they're going to call us back or even let us back in. I don't know what happened. I don't know how to do a meeting with the hotel. Because by this point, I'm still in my mid-20s. And I didn't run nothing to this capacity. And I have no idea what's going to happen. I sit down. I'm horrified. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm nervous. I'm sitting. And then... They're totally chill. Like, yeah, we think things went well. Let's do it again. And it was real easy. And the conversation was super great. Next year happens, and of course we grow a little more. And I really don't remember that anything specifically about that year, other than after that year, the... um the hotel then wasn't going to have us back and didn't tell us. And I don't know why to this day, other than I think there was one person who caused issues in the hotel lobby. That's right. Someone who didn't bring any adult clothes with them, I guess, to an extent. And that caused an issue because they were fine as long as we were keeping it in our space, which is what the understanding was. So then, <laughs> so then we go into, into the, the fourth year, and now we got to find a new hotel. So now the year three, I was already nervous enough. Year four, I've got to start talking to hotels. This is where I learned that not only are hotels unfazed they're also like super incestuous like they people shift hotels all the time and they talk about what events they're doing and they spy on each other mm. so we weren't necessarily something new and so we talked to them we talked about what we want and they were like sure so finally we got a hotel which was probably the closest hotel to where I lived, which was super great. But it was during that time when 
I want to say it was that time. It was really around four or five where this is where my memory gets muddled a little bit. But I, because uh, we were having to, at that point, TeddyCon was bringing us some of their equipment and they were, you know, like, I think they had a ball pit and a couple of other things and they weren't going to be able to come. And so we were like, or they weren't sure they were going to be able to bring it. And although I was originally apprehensive, it was fine. I had at this point been, you know, friends with Todd from Tykables for a while, and we started talking, and they were like, oh, we can build some things and bring it. And we're like, okay, cool. And so we told, you know, the TeddyCon folks, you know, don't worry about it. Just bring yourselves. It's no problem. And... Then at the very last minute, I think they said they were going to come. And then we were like, sure. And then they're like, we can bring the things. And we're like, but we don't need you to. Just bring yourselves. And that apparently caused some conflict. And I don't understand that one necessarily 100%. But long story short on that, we went back and forth for a while and it got resolved years later. But I think that's also what happens in this kind of con competitive market thing, which I never really thought about it as, because I just wanted to do a thing for the community at that point, which is really what it comes down to is that the focus is always to make a space. That's even why I started the group from the beginning. And I know I'll, you can stop me when I start going from like point A to Z and back to B and up. I tend to do that. But um, the whole point and the reason really is just to be, to give people a space to exist where they don't have to worry about all the other things. Where you can just be yourself in all the ways. That's always been the focus and the reasoning behind the event. Especially even more so, I think, when I really started to kind of take the reins and pull it in that direction. And that's when we started really kind of branching out to things beyond just the little innocent ABDL aspect of age play into all the other facets of, of age play as a thing. Because I was also learning. That was the hard part. I had to learn all of the different things because I only knew what was in my tiny bubble of the things that I like. And that takes time. And in that, also even considering the fact that there were other people at a capacity that could hold things. <laughs> but after year four, which went well, except for one guy who wouldn't leave the hotel floor, they were like, it was on the top floor of a hotel with like a big meeting space. And there were all these, all these rooms on the floor that was supposed to be just staff initially and they did not set any of it up for staff. And so there was a bunch of attendees. And then one guy who wasn't an attendee, who wasn't staff, who refused to leave. And claimed that he had, like, his sick wife or something in, in the hotel room. But he would pop out at random times and start talking to people. It was a very strange thing. Half of us had decided he, he was keeping someone there or had murdered somebody, and they would find out eventually. We had hoped that wasn't the case, but it was the thought on everyone's mind. 
or he was there for the event but didn't want to tell anyone he was there for the event could have been the last possible reasoning it was not comfortable but the rest of the event was good and then we decided we needed to be big, to be bigger this is when we broke out of that like between 200 to 300 range and believe me it took a long and large amount of poking and prodding to get me to agree to 500. As soon as I said, let's do 500, I went, fine. It took a long time for me to, I was so stressed out about the responsibility. Because that's that's really what it comes down to, is, is the responsibility of 500 people. And that goes back to the a podcast I was on. The first time I was ever on a podcast, like the big little podcast, I think, and we did they did a thing on leadership in in the community and you know the first question was you know what gives you the right to call yourself a leader and that's when i said i well first i said hostile takeover but i followed up with it was uh taking on that responsibility it's being being the one to to take on that role and and be able to be accountable for everything that's going on and everyone that's at the event because you kind of have to be and let me tell you that takes a toll on you over time <laughs> i used to be able to very easily slip in and out of headspace and it is not so easy anymore there's a lot of stress attached to running the events and doing all the things fortunately at this point it's got to where i can not have to be you know mother handing over the whole world but it used to be and so i'm still kind of recovering from that i guess is the best way to put it to be able to allow myself to even do things at the event i still remember when the, when the staff came up to me and literally they told literally. me to kidnap you <laughs> so you can have some fun <laughs> yeah well the thing is after so after that thing happened at year two i went to like one more presentation year three and checked in on a couple and then up until the podcasts this year i had not been to a class because i'd been running everything and i had been running around and making sure all everything was going the way it needed to be making sure that the volunteers were where they needed to be making sure they got breaks when they needed it making sure there weren't any crazy incidents happening. And believe me, they do. Anything from people making poor decisions and needing some sort of medical attention to people having disputes and needing a place for mediation to, to, to a million different things. And it changes all the time. Um, and then that's really kind of where that, that went kind of consistently. And I had a good group. I had about, there were about five of us and kind of the main leadership for a while up until 2019. 2019 was a big year. That year, um, this is where we side note and insert 
those little footnote things that I keep doing and going back. At one point, my, my parents knew about some of it and knew about my involvement in the scene because I had told them I was into it when I was still a teenager and living at home because I didn't know there was another way and that you probably shouldn't talk to your parents about it. But I made that decision. This was also a long time ago. Um, and then that mean that meant that also my uncle knew, and I had talked to him a little bit at some point. And I got put into a position that year before the convention that my uncle was going to out me to my job if I didn't leave it, leave everything. So I freaked out like one does and I called Kyle and talked to him. Fortunately, he was able to help me work through all of the things. And that's when he kind of took over a little bit of that head roll because I didn't know what I was going to be able to do or what was I was going to be able to do forward. At first, I thought I was going to have to stop everything. And that took an emotional toll. And then after that, it was it was rough for a little bit. I helped everyone get into roles that I didn't have to do anything. And realistically, in 2019, other than the things I had done in preparation for it, I did not do much until the actual event. Because by then I had decided that I it was okay. It was also the year I had stepped down from leading TNGC because I just couldn't with the threat of all of these things happening. And believe me, it was it was a lot. But once that all settled down, it was the funniest thing for me walking into the event that year because normally I'm there way ahead of time. I'm setting up everything, and that particular year, I showed up during registration on the first day, and there was this line all the way outside of the building, and I just got in line. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm like, it was funny because the people who knew who I was were very confused. The people who didn't know who I was didn't like pay attention. And so I would get looks from these people trying to figure out why I was in line to check in. And when they when the other like staff both at the hotel and, you know, the con staff figured out I was there, like the hotel manager was yelling at everyone to get me inside and get me through and do all these things. And I was just like I was just following the rules. And so that was kind of funny, but, and that, during that year, that was a stretch from like five to nine, I think, that we had, um, that five, eight or nine, that we had that hotel that was, and that was nice. It just was ultimately not big enough, but there were some things that the hotel manager tried to convince us to do. At one point, he tried to convince us as the leaders and runners of the event 
to get like campers to some extent and sleep outside of the hotel to be able to sell more rooms. What? What? No. I I, I shit you not. We were like, nope. No. <laughs> I, I will not do this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. who gave them that idea? <laughs> I I don't even know. I think he just wanted to be bringing in more money from attendees, and I I don't. But that let me tell you that was something. Imagine selling out an entire hotel and still wanting to sell more. More. Yeah. No, that was it though. And let me tell you, there were little incidents that went through that whole process. Because first it was, when we did that first hotel takeover, that was crazy. Like, I would have never in a million years thought we could have possibly had that many people that would not only exist to want to come, but that would actually show up. And it hurt my brain. Going, like I said, going from like 250 to 500 was hard enough. But going to that, I'm like, there's there's no way. And then, of course, the back of my brain is going, what's going to happen when it fails? How am I going to pay for this? All the, because the thing about a convention, let me tell you, I'll, I'll let you in on this secret. You're lucky to break even in every situation. If you broke even, you did the job and you win. We're slowly growing from that, which is great because that means we can put more things into the event. And believe me, we're always working on it. It's kind of also a year-long thing. It kind of never ends. But for the first, I would say, up until within the last couple of years, it was you're lucky to break even. And believe me, with all the taxes and all the things that, that you're, you become responsible for, it's crazy. But, and stressful, very stressful, because the government will attack you if they can. They sure will. They sure will. <laughs> it sounds like you have so, a little bit of echo, by the way. Oh, do I? I don't even know how. Um, let's see. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. All right. It's like an auditory mirror. Any better? Check one, check two. Check two. <laughs> and nope. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. Uh, do you have headphones uh, that you could plug in? That you could plug in? Yeah, I could. I could switch to headphones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah um, we can take like... If you don't have them like right there, we can take like four seconds. Seconds. Yeah, sure. sure. I'll grab it. Give me one. Okay. And we... Oh, wait. Mm, are we back? Yeah. Okay. We are back. As you were saying. Okay. So... I've lost my train of thought. Where were we? Um, let's see. We were talking about... Uh-oh. Oh. Furious, the, I think. <laughs> it takes a lot to run a convention after the night. Oh, yeah, after the night and, and I was standing, standing in line. line. So, okay, yeah. Um basically 
I was so lost going into that event because I had done all this preparatory stuff like I had normally done. And I had this iron grip on the event for so many years that as soon as I get there, I have very little understanding of what's actually been put into place and what's going, you know, what what things are happening other than what I already had done. And so I'm sitting there and going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I'm just used to running things. So what what do I do in this situation? And they were like, well, you're supposed to go do things. And, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I had very little, because I, as much as I had run the con, and for as long as I have, I've never been to the con, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've known I, it from the inside. <laughs> I'm just always in the background making sure that things work. And and let me tell you, and that goes for, for the convention for for the number of years we were at the hotel before we had switched, this last one, they had these big glass elevators. And yeah. I, uh, at one point, I was like, oh, we should do an intro with, you know, Willie Walker or something. And they were like, well, then you should be Willie Walker. And I'm like, um, okay. I didn't tell anyone that was kind of like a dream scenario, but it kind of was. And <laughs> I, and I'd been doing it for a number of years. Like, we started doing it initially before we had that hotel. And I did it once only because we had had this. It was the first time that um, Sarah, which was one of our construction people, who had made the the first adult tricycle thing that we had. And I was like, well, I'll just ride it into the hotel. And you just got to, you know, just play pure imagination stuff and I'll ride in and it'll be fine. And what ended up happening that very first time that we did it was I was in this back room in a hidden part of like the main area. And we got everyone set up because at that point we didn't show anyone what, what it looked like until like opening ceremonies. So I would come out and I would open it up to the world. And then there'd be a whole spiel and all this thing. And let me tell you, that alone, that feeling of watching people take it in and seeing the thing, I will never have another experience like that. It is amazing. Watching someone take it in for the first time and see the things that they either never expected, never thought could exist, or felt right in is beyond anything I could have imagined. And I used to get to do that every year, and it was amazing. And so we get this all set up, and we're and we're doing it, and we're on walkie-talkies talking to each other, and I'm stuck in this room with a tricycle in this Willy Wonka outfit, which has this big coat and all this other stuff, and it is it is balls in this room and I'm sweating <laughs> and it keeps getting delayed because of technical difficulties 
and they're all yelling at me on the walkie-talkie, and I'm like, I can't. It would, I can't go out. It's going to ruin everything. I can't help. I'm stuck here because I'm on the opposite side of the people, and I can't get to you otherwise. And so then they had to eventually figure it out and finish it and fix it. And then I came riding out. But that I remember that year because there was this little bell on the thing. And so I started, like, pure imagination started playing. And then I gave it a few minutes. Or not a few minutes, but like, like 30 seconds. And then I rode out, and I started ringing the bell. I rang it once. I gave it a few seconds. I rang it again. And then I come out. And everyone went absolutely ballistic. And was- yes. <laughs> so that was always fun. The other year that I remember most being Willy Wonka is like the last year that I did the introduction. And that was um, the last, I think one of the year before last that I was in the hotel, I think 2018, I think is when I did it last. Maybe more, maybe earlier, somewhere in there. It's in the last year that I did it before we had a whole production team take it over, which tell me they they do it better than I did. But I was in the glass elevators and we had done some doctoring. Well, I didn't get to do all the doctoring because I was trying to figure it out. I was stressed out of my mind. Um, Because, of course, we were bigger every year and every year I'd never like I'd never done anything in front of this many people. And I tried, told them, do your best to try to get the middle glass elevator to pick me up. And somehow, magically, we got it to work. So I'm in the, mini, I'm in the middle glass elevator, and I, I first come down because I've got the cane. I've got, you know, the whole outfit, you know, the khaki pants and the jacket and all the stuff and, like, the little ruffled shirt and all the things and, and the hat. And I'm very stoically standing there kind of staring somewhat disapprovingly at the world and then everyone was like waving and all these things as I'm watching as I come down from the elevator and occasionally I would break to you know wave or do the things and go right back to like I'd never done it just to kind of embody <laughs> the character uh-huh. and that was fun that was something else and just walking out of that was always amazing too. But if we ask super nicely, would you reprise the bit? If we ask super nicely, I might. It would. Yeah. What it, I would have to. I would have to replace some of the costume pieces because um, they wore out. But I would probably do it. It would. It would take some working but i would probably do it it was that was, that was something else all right you but. you heard it folks let's make it happen <laughs> something need bending do you, do you need someone uh, with sewing experience course, do you know who you're talking to right up here quality of the costume I would, I would go out of my way to get actual better versions of costume pieces this was something that they had just bought for me mm-hmm. um when I get things myself, I, I go out of my way to get really decent quality things if I can. Um, I am very but... happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we all have that same philosophy here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I do a lot of costume stuff like Ren Fair and cosplay things that I've done over the years. So 
I know that much, especially because I am I am not talented enough to be able to make things myself to the level that I want it. I tried. Not talented enough yet. Okay, we'll go with yet. There you go. <laughs> that is the growth mindset way to think about it. Um, but so now we fast forward back to to the. 2019. So now I'm here and I'm at the event and I ended up focusing mostly on making sure that everything was still running well, trying to get myself in the right mindset to be present at the event, which was hard, but also starting to open myself up to the event since I haven't gone to it. At that point, I'm like, I hadn't, I hadn't done like a situation where I'd gone to the event since like the first or second year where I actually had moments. There are some pretty crazy pictures of the second year that I of the event because we had someone come who was a very popular sex worker at the time, went by Cat, and I used to know them very well. We talked. Right, uh, regularly enough, so I would check in on them and see how they were doing. We don't have that relationship anymore, but at the time, I hadn't really known them. I knew of them, and they were there, and they, at one point, because they were so deep in space, I wasn't sure what was going on, so I was kind of checking in on them to make sure they weren't freaking out, because people do that. And it ended up turning into this impromptu scene in the middle of like the space where they latched themselves to my leg. Now I'm strong enough where I just walked with them attached to my leg and they ended up surprisingly taking me down. And so I'm like, okay, then they, hopped from the floor and just plopped down on my chest and just went, hello. I'm like, oh, God. So now they're talking to me. I'm like, well, all right, fine. So here we are, and I'm going to stand up. And I'm strong enough. I bet I can probably pick them up with me. So I attempt to. And then by now, their partner has caught on to what they're doing and is now in a position where when I go to stand up, they sweep my legs out from under me so I can't get past a sitting position. And then proceeds to start this tickle thing that then many people joined in on to a point where it was happening so much that I could not breathe. I was laughing so hard, I was out of breath. I was very red. But there's an amazing picture I have from that year of us when they had finished and I was laughing hysterically and they were just they're also laughing and had laid their head on my chest and I remember that. I have Aww. that one because that was amazing. That was I think the, the first time that something really was like specific to the con that was amazing that it happened to me other than just the running it thing which I had been doing. And then I think they reprised it in year three, and then she didn't come in year three or four, but someone tried to do it and failed horribly. But it was okay. I I applauded their effort, 
and then proceeded to carry them through part of the event because they couldn't do it. <laughs> that's so that kind of that, that instance um, has such big Kimmy energy. Yeah, right. Seriously. And so then now we get to, you know, we're now getting towards, you know, COVID stuff and all of those things in 19 and 20 and 20. Now I had realized by, by the time 20 hit, I had realized that I had had too much of an iron grip on the event and that someone taking some of that from me made it a better event and it needed to happen. It would have never, it would not be growing in the way it currently is. I think in my opinion, if I still had a super lock on it, because I think I was so hyper-focused on certain things that I was not able to see everything at the time. I see it now, but at the time, I don't think I could have. Even though things were going as well as they were, even though things were growing, there is more that needed outside um, opinion or understanding. And that's kind of one of the things I've always looked for, especially with people who work with the event. I want to bring different views, different backgrounds to make sure that everything that I can possibly cover in the event is covered and there's a place. And believe me, there are some that we're still working on, including an unlimited two bigs. Believe me, we're working on it. I can't say too much, but there's going to be a thing. So you know that that's big centric. Oh yeah, that's a Dear Jesse exclusive right there. It is. Ooh. Ooh. Good thing I'm a switch. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that for sure is going to be a thing. Uh, I'm not going to do too much on it right now because we're still working on the finalized concepts, but I'm excited for it, and it's not. Super often I get to get little projects that I'm pretty excited for within the event because I've just been doing all the things for so long that I don't deviate too much other than just making things better. But this is new and hasn't been attempted before. So I'm excited for that. This just, just let that wet, wet the appetite. It's a corner store <laughs> where all the daddies get in Kang out and they only sell milk and cigarettes. And if you listen, oh, no. that's where they go. <laughs> <laughs> is this a callback to the the deadbeat daddy thing from last episode? It sure is. <laughs> it sure oh, okay. is. <laughs> Continuity. Well, oh, yeah, I listened to that today. I listened to the episodes that I'm not in, and I'm so happy that I got to listen to it. Aw. <laughs> but uh, I, if this big event isn't called "The Adults Are Talking," um. Like, hush, the adults are talking. Um, I'm going to be a little bit upset. Or like, children are seen, not heard, that sort of thing. I will will keep that in mind. Um, But it's it's interesting, because trying to spitball ideas for the space and the the part that we're doing with it has been interesting. But I think it it is definitely something we don't have. And is definitely, I think, a need. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, I would, I, yeah, if I keep talking about it, I'm gonna end up saying something I don't want to say yet. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna add too much. And we we hey. don't want to make you 
give away any spoilers before the secrets are, yeah. are ready. Uh, I would love to hear about, um, you know, uh, your your tale. Uh, right now, we're kind of at 2019, which is also my first year. Uh, and, you know, it's just such a magical experience. And that was with the um, the old hotel. And while a lot of people have very fond memories, it in the name of making the convention bigger, i.e. better, you know, we had to change venues. Um, both 2020 and 2022 were at the venue. And I assume I actually let's let's not talk about where it will be next year because that gets into like oh uh, it, it is at a location next year it is at a location it is indeed at <laughs> a location a nondescript is it going to be a physical we location we can't say that that 2020 and 2022 were at the same location yes that's that's allowable that's that's what <laughs> i was trying to those are the words i was trying to find basically uh mm-hmm. i kept fumbling over them uh okay. which it's a it was a bigger venue which was awesome because more people could go uh 2020 was an interesting event because at that point uh covid had just hit the united states uh it was in california it was and it was like on its way and like as the days at the convention were going on it's getting closer and then like on the very last day it was just like all right it passed the mississippi let's immediately drive back to cleveland (laughs) And everything and just like escaping it um and and that year was the first year in in that location and also like it wasn't really thing it but like there was definitely something um you know something like it felt different but not in a bad way and everything and then here we are in a world post covid being a thing and uh and we had 2022, which I had so much fun, so much fun. And it, but you could definitely feel like it's kind of like you go outside and you go anywhere, like to the grocery store and you can, you can definitely feel how the world has like changed and how like different like technologies have, a, have adapted. Like I went to the grocery store today uh, get some ingredients for uh, for cooking this upcoming week. And they had like those little like self shopping little price guns and you can just swipe and pay right there. And I was like, that wouldn't have existed before 2020. And like all the multiple uh, curbside pickup lanes wouldn't have existed. And so oh, yeah. going through uh, cap, like I could definitely kind of like feel that like legacy of like, oh yeah, the world is different now. Because that was my first convention since Capcom 2020. And um, it, it was weird because I was like, I've been to over 30 conventions. And like I'm very acquainted with what it feels like and everything. And um, I had to kind of like relearn how to convention a little bit. And also it's just like, you know, because I had been to all those conventions before. This is the first one after and it's like after the world had you know changed in a couple of different ways and you know we're living with a a virus that's going around fairly regularly and i was like oh shit yeah things are different now and this is weird but overall i felt that the convention handled it really well and i would not have gotten covid if i did not share a bottle of malort with like 20 different strangers. <laughs> 
I, I played stupid games and won stupid prizes. <laughs> you know, the thing is, when, well, let's say 2020 first. Sure. With 2020, when that came out, like, with the COVID rise thing, we were like, well, do we do we cancel? Do we do? What, are we going to make it? What is going to happen? It, there were so many unknowns. And then we decided at that point it was so close to anything that either it was going to happen or it wasn't. And the funny part is we had gone any later, we would have all been quarantined in that hotel. <laughs> that was literally the week before the national lockdown. Uh-huh. And it was it was just unclear as to what was happening, and, and we just didn't know. And believe me, that came with some unfortunate situations people having false positives and things and us doing our duty of telling people and then them getting mad at us for telling them and then explaining also that it was false and then getting mad at us again. Right. No winning. No, not one, (laughs) but you know, I I'm glad it went well. I'm glad it went through and I'm glad we didn't, I mean, as, as fun as it would have been to be stuck there, it would have, I'm glad we all got to go home. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, and then for 22, we of course had to take everything into account because it's still not gone. It's normalized much more than it was. And there's all sorts of things going on. And that's why we definitely were like, yes, vaccines, all the things, because we weren't gonna, we were going to put as little threat to everyone as we possibly could. And, but I also then there's things about headspace and creating the event. And I'm like, I want to be in a space where people can not have to wear masks if they don't want to. And that was the biggest one with that, where it's why it was an optional thing as compared to something forced. I was like, that's especially why we didn't want to do 21. It was like, it was too soon. There were still too many things that we didn't know. And that's why we waited. And I'm glad we did. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely think that was uh, the right decision as someone who doesn't run conventions or is an epidemiologist. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was, it was also just a way to stay as safe as possible. That's always what it is. As much as I want to get every, and believe me, I want to create a space that, and we all do, this is collective cap. When I say this, we want to create the space for everyone that, that you can be most immersed in. There are certain things that are, we had to wait until there was a normal aspect of, of things that are expected before we could make that decision. And that's why it, it took at least a 22. And believe me, there were debates on 22 on waiting till 23, but we decided that it was comfortable enough where we could do this and be okay with it. <sighs> right. It was, there's always inherent risk in, in these things, and that's why we were open about it from the start. So. Right. And I felt that that was communicated very, very well. And, and, you know, it's, we're talking a lot about like the normalization and, you know, I was talking about like the changed world and everything about how, um, how every time you leave your house is a calculated risk and, um, and how, you know, going back to my analogy of the grocery store, there were, I just remember there were a lot of people just losing their goddamn minds about like, why is cap not requiring masks? And 
uh, coming up to this episode, when I was walking around the grocery store, I was just kind of like thinking about uh, our discussion that would be coming up on this episode. And I, me and, and Gray were the only people masked in the whole grocery store. So I'm thinking like normal everyday people who are freaking out about this convention decision are likely the same people who are not going masked up to the grocery store. And it's just like, you know, there's nothing technically wrong with that, but if that's the calculated risk that someone wants to take, then sure. And everything. And it's definitely one of those things. And this is something that uh, Chloe from the usual bet. And I talk about um, a lot because she and I, uh, we, we talk a lot in DMS and everything. And we, uh, she and I are of the same opinion and we have a lot of discussions where we just like unload to each other about like the frustrations of learning to live in, in the world that is now different and figuring out how to move forward and everything. And, you know, I, it's, it's just a very like complicated thing of like people's personal choices on what to do, where to do it, all those things. And it definitely felt like everything that went into cap 22 was very intentional and very calculated. And I, and I really respect that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, a lot of discussion, a lot of planning, a lot of looking at all the, you know, every time we were looking at the requirements for the state or in the city. We're looking for recommended government requirements for everything. We no stone unturned with that one, because if it had been at the time that it was mass required, then it would have been mass required. Mm-hmm. It would not have been, I think, something I would have liked in that instance, but it would have been something we did because that's what we, being safe is important. Right. But. There are always, and that's the biggest case, inherent risks in anything you do in this instance, and then like with the world, like you're saying, and and then people make decisions and are responsible for those decisions as well. So, mm-hmm. it's, <sighs> it's like when I uh, was in the hospital, like I got home, and literally within like 12 hours of like being home, I was in the hospital, and while I was there, like with an IV in, in my hand and just kind of like hanging out. I was like telling my nurse, I had a great time. I had so much fun. I, it was so much, it was so great. I was in Chicago with my friends and like one of those things. And you know, that was my calculated risk and it kind of fucked me in the butt on that one. But, but you know, it's still like, you know, the, the choice that I made and, um, and all those sure. things. And, you know, I, I feel like we're kind of like kind of spinning that gear a little bit, but yeah, there's a bit. lot of, you know, there's a lot of emotion in that, in that topic. Oh yeah. 100%. Believe Absolutely. me. And yeah, well, and you know how I am with emotion. The first time I saw you, you broke down person, crying. A hundred percent. Yeah. It was it, a lot. It's funny because it's like, um, I think I was wearing like my goth clothes um, at the time. I was just wearing like my, my casual street clothes and Ooh. I was like talking to someone in the lobby and you come up to me and you say, hi. And then I say hi back. And then you, you point to your badge or you say, my name's Alexi. And then I have this like ping 
moment. I was like, oh, shit. You're like, and then I say hi a lot more enthusiastically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just remember sure. that that moment was this just is, so touching. This is the cutest thing I've ever heard. Isn't it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, this is so wholesome. It was so wholesome, Fonny. You have no idea. It was the cutest fucking thing. I've one of the cutest things I've ever experienced in my life. And it's just like, we just like, hugged and held the hug for multiple seconds and it was just like this really beautiful moment and then it's true i think on the last day you returned the favor to me when you gave me your gold star and i was like <gasps> i was just yep. i was just oh man i was i was moved i was i was very 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 moved by that i told my parents i told my parents <laughs> that hey the person who's in charge of this convention that I go to every single year that I've told you about gave me personally an award and they're like, Oh my God, it's okay. We're so proud of you. <laughs> my parents don't sound like, that. but yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> hopefully we can get some more quality, emotional moments when funny comes to cap next year. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Cap 2023. I'm going to be there. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, by the way, I messaged you. Hell yeah. I messaged you about this, Fonny. Uh, obviously, you're invited to my room, obviously. Uh-huh. Oh, I am dragging Pizza Bagel with me. Good. Um, Good. And <laughs> Pizza Bagel is such a light sleeper that I'm probably just going to be rooming with him. Oh, okay, cool. Like it's, it's kind of alarming how much of a light sleeper he is. It's really something. I see. Okay, so we can figure that out. I just had like, oh, yeah, duh. I sometimes forget when I'm doing the show that I'm not just in like a standard discord call and like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a show that literally people listen to it in all the continents. Oops. (laughs) Oh, and I'm just like sharing all of Pizza Bagel's like uh, personal information here. Oh, light sleeper. Yeah, that'll get me for it. It's really sensitive information. Next, you're going to tell me their social security number or something. Now that you mention it. Now that you, you mentioned just it. listened to the last like hour and a half talk on random tangents of things that led to a story that may make sense to somebody. And I'm leaving yes. it in unedited. That's exactly <laughs> what I was hoping for. Uh, so uh, in this community, we only have safety scissors. It's pretty hard to cut that. It's true. Yeah. I'll tell you what, being an audio editor and an ABDL, horrible. It's so difficult, whether it be the little safety scissors on the tape or trying to use Pro Tools on a Fisher-Price keyboard. Not accessible. (laughs) Not accessible. (laughs) I think I just laughed too hard that my microphone didn't pick it up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Fonny, you have so many good questions. I'm going to talk. I have so many. Oh, fuck. That's where we move now is to to questions on on things like I think I've got through most of the points. Absolutely. Yes. And if you remember one, feel free to like interrupt us. Oh, uh, believe oh, yeah. me, I, I will. Okay. <laughs> and if anyone in the audience has any questions, just drop them in live questions and feedback and uh, right. we will add them to the list. Um, okay. So uh, first of all, okay. So it sounds like whenever you kind of first started in the community, the self-esteem in the community was a little lower. Is that right? Like whenever you yeah. first started like going to Munches? So when I first started going to Munches, it was more like, well, my self-esteem was low because there was no one around. 
but right. like, the general kink community was okay. They just didn't they didn't know what I was talking about. They didn't know what I was doing. They didn't know what I was into. They had never it was like they had never heard of it. And so for me it was difficult because I was the one in the many trying to find mm-hmm. more than one. So that was a little difficult. Yeah. But, was it easy for yeah, you to transition easy. into being a leader in this this convention? So, uh, in a way, yes. It was, I, I don't know what it is. It could be because I'm a Leo. I don't know. I in, inherently Leo. take on that role. Like, I just do it. I'm one of those people where it's like, I see a need, I'm going to do the thing. And I just started doing it. That's, it started in, in TNGC when I was just already taking on that role without even realizing that's what I was doing. I was just meeting people and, and doing stuff. And so then, then it turned into, Hey, you, you actually are allowed to make a thing. And I went, I am. Okay. Well then let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very understandable. I, I relate to that pretty hard. Whenever someone's like, um, we need a more adulty adult to do this. And I'm like, okay, okay, if you need me, I'm here. Let's do this. That's a big way to push my buttons, too. Yeah. Like, oh, you can't ask for your own ketchup? That's fine. I can do it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like in Headspace, I'm the littlest little, like six month little. But oh. not in there. I am like the bull i'm like get things done we're doing it this is what we got to do this is where we're at i just was the most chicago i've ever been <laughs> uh-huh. in my city we have uh we have this one mural that just says take a risk it's the most edmonton thing you can do so yeah, i feel that um okay we had another question in the chat from personalias who uh posted the um uh gene wilder as was gene wilder yes yes gene, gene wilder, wilder as um Willy oh god well, Which thank is you. <laughs> in every in every instance i definitely mimicked that walk by the way oh good excellent good. but can you tumble uh no i haven't tried oh. that i probably okay. could and i practiced it yeah does anyone have any soft mats for you to be using at the call. Oh yeah, I'm sure we could set that. If we were going to do that, we would need it. I will yeah. break. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm old and fragile. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> I, hit the, I hit the age of 30 and I was like, no, you can't ask yep. me to do anything lightly gymnastic anymore. <laughs> I have um, a question. Mm. Uh, okay. So we have, we've been talking about, uh, like the evolution of the con and like switching venues and everything. Um, <laughs> year over year, we hear people complain like, I want to go. They sold out tickets, sold out too fast. Everyone's fault. <laughs> you know, everything. What uh-huh. actually goes in to, cause the venue last year was already pretty freaking big. I can only imagine in order to go up in size, you'd have to rent out a fucking like, casino hotel or like a convention center what in your mind what would be the next step to like a bigger event what would that look like 
So that is the current question. What what does it look like? Um, there has been two ways of looking at it. One is the convention center answer, which we'd have to really, and this is being real, see if we could really encompass that space to do what we would need to with it, because that's a that's a big jump. People don't realize how big of a jump that is. It really is. And then the second one, and in thought, is is twice a year. Those are the two two thoughts going on that could maybe help that, but we're still trying to figure that out. And I think we still got a couple of years before we have an answer to that, or at least one. One, maybe two. And believe me, it's a thought going on because when, and this goes all the way back, like I said to the beginning, there's no way that there's this many people that want to do this thing. And this goes ties into that. Like when I first started realizing the amount of places that people were coming from, my brain just shut off. Mm-hmm. Like in one year we had people from, like I said, New Zealand, from Japan, from Germany, from England, from, and it just keeps going. And I'm like, how? Mm-hmm. Like, that's where my brain goes. Like, and that's, it's funny enough. That's how I pitch it. When I, when I, when I first started, like this hotel that we were at the last two years, I literally walked in. I said, I have a worldwide event and yeah. I need a space for it. And the fact that I can say that hurts my brain. It, it's and pretty it's not, nuts. Yeah. It's not even something I can put on a resume. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Right. I um, think about that a lot of just like, you know, I have this like show that's been going on for years now and I've put a ton of time and effort into it. I can't put it on my resume. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's one right. of the hard ones. Yeah. It's like um, but, uh, the first time I uh, I opened up my Podbean account after after doing the show a year, I opened up the statistics page and just to like see a vibe and to my surprise, there was a map and, um, and every single country where there were downloads, it was highlighted, not streams, dedicated downloads. And, um, what shocked me is that I'm only missing like a couple of countries, the, that being China, North Korea, Mongolia, uh, and some places throughout Africa and the whole rest of the map is filled in and that's that's amazing wow. it's mind-blowing and so yeah. that's one thing that's a podcast having an event where you can have a map and say people are coming from multiple different continents to this event that's kind of I don't want to say big dick energy, but definitely going up to the counter at a hotel, just like, just like slapping on the table. Listen, I've got an event for you. That's so. Some- well, and that's one of my favorite things was we. Used, I think we we used to do this. We'd put a map up. People would just pin where they're from. Just you don't have to put your you don't put your name or anything. You just put a pin in it, just so that eventually people can see where as a whole all of these people that are in this event and it's, it's insane to look at. 
you just mm-hmm. go, oh, okay. What? I put mm-hmm. the I put the map in no mic in case anyone is interested in looking at it. But um thank you for Yeah, you're gonna get like four people from my city next year. Oh really? Nice. Oh yeah. A couple yeah. of my local friends are coming with me. Oh awesome. yeah. exciting. Um but, uh, anyways, we kinda got some cut of us... off and just Oh no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna get jump right back into my questions. So yeah, I was gonna read first and then <laughs> Perfect. Us ah. <laughs> back yep. into the question. Same brain. Same brain right, cell. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be bringing some friends with me, and some of them might be looking for something to do while they're there that isn't just like taking part in uh, Drink classes. Drink uh, yes, yes. No, everyone no, knows about no the Malort. <laughs> <laughs> everyone is looking forward to suffering. Good, um, good, good, good. But if they want to add to the value of the convention by volunteering, how might they be able to do that? In order to do that, when we start posting things like call for presenters and a call for things, a call for volunteers comes out. They just got to follow. If they are not already joining the mailing list for the convention, you can go to capcon.club and it will bring up the website and there is a way to join the mailing list there. That's capcon.club. Where? Capcon.club. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and that is where we do all those announcements. And we also usually post something on FetLife as well. I know. And But usually everything's through the website. And it's easier that way or through joining the email list. This is a similar question that comes from Personalius. Uh, Dear Alexi, what can we do to help you, con staff, volunteers, etc., have an easier time, show our appreciation, or make it less of a job in some way, shape, or form? How can we give back? You know, that's been an ongoing question for a long time. And the truth is, in a way, there isn't anything that anyone can do beyond continuing to do what you're already doing. Everyone comes in and brings themselves and, you know, volunteers do things and everyone comes in and presents and just enjoying the event. Believe me, that does something to the people that put it on more than you will ever understand. And that alone makes it worth it and continues to make it worth it. And like I said, it all comes down to having that space. And I, and I know over time I've come to understand this better when I originally started the event and all the things. Because really I was just looking for a place to create where I could be myself in a non-judgmental area and have the things I'm looking for that I brought to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Because if I have it, why shouldn't everyone else have it? Right. More or less. Took me a long time to figure that out. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, um, makes sense. when when I had Luna over uh, sleeping over, <laughs> they kept asking me like, "Do you do you need me to do anything? Can I help with the trash? Can I help clean?" And, and I was like, "No, the the best thing you can do to help me is to sit your ass down and enjoy the house. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's." It's so profound. And hearing you articulate in that way, it's just like, ah, hosting validation. 
<laughs> I mean, it's because you, you'll never, unless you're looking for it, you'll never see what collectively the energy and the excitement and everything that everyone enjoying the space brings to it. Mm-hmm. It's a, unless you're looking for it, you won't see it. But it's a feeling. It's it's everything that that makes it continue. It makes it even more so worth doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That makes. Sense. <laughs> uh, I, I interrupted you. My bad. Oh no! I'm just saying that makes any sense. But yeah. Yes, yeah, funny. Um. Yeah, I, I think my next thing was just this this bigger idea, bigger picture idea of like. Alexi, what would you want to add to your Capcom if you had the right people? It's kind of tied into the, like the the what's the next step, but like what smaller thing would you want to add? Well, I mentioned it once. I definitely am working on on a thing for Bigs, so that That's that funny. I definitely knew was necessary. Um, I'm also always looking to add either things that I, I don't know I need to add yet because I need people to tell me I need to add them, and B, um, I hope to eventually open, as we get bigger, it may take getting bigger, to open up more of a open vendor space with an artist alley and all sorts of stuff like that. Believe me, I'm working on it because yes. I would love to have that for everyone. All of the artists oh, in the chat. Oh, if only you had an artist here. Yeah, if, if only you didn't have like multiple com- big community members who create things in this chat. Oh no. Believe me, Juice, we're gonna talk at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have work for you eventually. Ooh. Hey, podcast oh, cover guy. Yeah. Juice says, "Please," with three exclamation points. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that's that is awesome. awesome. I would I love that. So down for that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, ooh, tangent. Okay, go for it. Capcom merch. Merch. What ideas do you have? Yes, I love right. merch. Oh. Please. That, Everyone right, loves that's, merch. That's Never thought. seen it before from Capcom. I want to I, help. So, here's the thing. When we for the longest time, I didn't beyond you know the the badge holders and all this and the lanyards and all the things. I was like, I never really thought about what merch would look like because I never wanted to take anything away from the people who sit and make all of these things for the community that take their time and bring all their wares to the event. But. There has been some discussion about the possibility of merchandise, and if I was going to look into anything, I would probably be looking into things like simple stuff to start, like maybe T-shirts or onesies or things like that that are like easier, and then move into something else. Who knows? But this that would be taking me down a weird mad science lab trail that I don't know if I have the capacity to do yet. And would it be like sitting me down in research and development and going, here, make a thing. And I'd be like, okay. And then I'd turn into, you know, Carrot Top from President of the Board. Mm-hmm. And like, no one wants that. Uh, there's, there's a few of us in the community with some experience. Like, I've got experience making pins and lanyards. 
Um, I did a whole line of that with, my band. Yep. Well, and I felt that with uh, graphics for Jazzy's, uh, the, the podcast. Sure like, did. I love the, uh, the, the can of toe beans. I wear that one in public. That is my mom's daily mug for her chai tea. Oh, so good. There, uh, there is a way to possibly connect in this. And there's a, an email at capcon.club that if you send something to, we could start talking if that's something you're interested in. I'm going to say that. And I don't know what may or may not come from it. But yeah, if you email, like contact at capcon.club. I think that's a word I missed. Contact at capcon.club. We could maybe have that discussion. <laughs> For everyone who's ever oh, yeah. emailed me, how do you network in ABDL? Take notes. <laughs> yes. This is how and it's done. Anyone who's anyone who's thinking of making merch, uh, take notes. Uh, start as soon as you can. It takes a while to make. It takes so yes. long to make merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really funny, though, because the one uh, when I used to be an artist back in the day, the the art that took me 10 minutes to make is the art that everyone has seen more on the planet than anything I've ever done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's that Capcom logo. <laughs> yep. 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 That's Always. Relatable. <laughs> Hashtag on point. Speaking of money and Capcom and the website, uh, Baby Summer Girl asks, is there a donation site for Cap? Mm-hmm. This time there isn't. I We never really thought about it. Like, for just pennies a day, you can support the Capcom Foundation. I feel like that's going to turn into a bad commercial. <laughs> so I'm going to think on that. Um, it costs less than your daily cost. <laughs> you know, it's it's something I can think about. At this point in time, nothing exists. I think if we did merge, then that would be the closest to something like that that might happen eventually. Um. But I need to think on it. If that, you're going to do that, to the well, what I've liked to call the big, the big three of us who are really kind of working on everything, or as I have sometimes called us, lock, shock, and barrel. Um, but I think we got to talk about all that stuff first, and then uh, go from there. But it's definitely possible. I appreciate the thought, though. <laughs> having like a print on demand store for cat merch would be so hype and then you wouldn't have to worry about any logistics and i would buy the fuck out of some merch mm-hmm. i appreciate that yeah um, but enough about merch ideas enough about merch. <laughs> uh back to the questions i i was kind of wondering yeah, so we, have, we have a lot of questions to go through first yours then oh. then more just, just two more for me. Just two more. All right. I mean, <laughs> you need. I can keep going. Yeah, and Juice is just being hilarious on the side here. Yeah, Juice is going off. Um, so we're like stifling yeah. laughter right now. <laughs> and uh, okay, so I was thinking about it where I was like, you were mentioning how you need other people to tell you like what changes to make because like you don't have hands in, in every basket here. Um, but what? changes have you seen if any from like social media taking off with like the ddlg community? has that affected capcom in any way 
as an individual, I try to keep as aware as I can of trends that are going on and things that I see just to, so that I know what's happening in the community and can be able to respond in any way that I have to. Um, fortunately, there's nothing been too crazy that I've had to make super adjustments on, but I, it's like more being aware of how people interact with the community, what kind of things they're asking for if I get a chance. Um, and that's why some of the changes that I look for, mostly in this case, is a diversity thing, because there are a lot of things that I don't have personal experience on that I want more input for making things more open and better and covering for all of the people with all of the things, whatever it may mm -hmm. be and whatever they may be or whatever they may need. Because I know that over time, I've learned that certain things that we've set up were not always the same experiences that people connect with. And I'm like, well, then you got to tell me so that I know so I can make the thing or at least attempt to do it. Because not all that, it you know, not every shoe fits one person or not the shoe doesn't know like something like that. There's a shoe involved. So like yeah, that's the understandable kind of with Vel <laughs> Velcro laces. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's the best way I think I can answer that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then very last question from yours truly, me. Um, what about Cap Cruise 2025? Can we make that happen? Cap oh, Cruise 2025? Cap baby, Cruise. Let's go. Okay. That has been an actual running joke. That's and, uh, <laughs> Let's go. I, so here's the thing. I, I don't know if that is something feasible. The amount of people alone that would be required for that. Maybe if I had just won that $2 billion lottery that I didn't win, that would yeah. be something we could talk about. <laughs> but... I don't, I don't know. Like, if that is a thing that happens, we would need a lot more other things to fall in place and a lot more money to suddenly appear. Mm -hmm. Then I would do it. Mm -hmm. But that may also involve me owning a cruise liner or something, or at least a cruise car. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> or, oh don't let your dreams be dreams kept cruise 2025 time to turn those <laughs> dreams into memes baby let's go <laughs> that's the sound of like wrapping up a lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> oh dear jazzy exclusive cap cruise oh god <laughs> oh don't even get me started on the the, the like anxiety i would have to create that Hey, big ups on you oh for kind of soft retiring cruise time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can just imagine like kind of the like Kevin Lyman, uh, the guy who was in charge of the Warp Tour, when he finally retired from that. <laughs> there were people like, "Okay, Kevin, time for a cruise," and he was just like, "Fuck no." <laughs> uh, that is that's all the questions I have. Yes, funny. Can I put a call into the community for a very wealthy, suspiciously wealthy IT furry to uh, donate a little bit of money for a yacht? Please, please, and thank you. Or your own personal yacht, suspiciously wealthy furries. 
<laughs> yeah, Joe, I hear the echoing too. I think it's the universe telling us to wrap it the fuck up. Oh, <laughs> uh, it could be me still. Uh, it's okay. Know. Oh my god, juice art, juice art. I see that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just realized what this was. This is the slide. <laughs> it is the slide at the end of the, the plate. Thing. Being in that other ballroom while people were playing in that room were so funny because all of a sudden it just be like the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, and then just someone hits the wall. So fucking funny. Okay, so uh, funny. Can you do the alt text? Ooh, alt text. Like uh, explain to the audience what's going on here. Yes. Okay, so Juice drew us a lovely illustration of what looks like a large playground. There's a sign on the back wall that says Capcom Playground 2022 and a slide going down into uh, a wall. And then on that wall, at the end of the slide, you see a cutout of where a person has gone through the wall. Because the, the slide on the jungle gym this year was unbelievably fast. And uh, I... I did a thing where I slid down skateboard style on my socks standing up. And then all the, unbeknownst to me, I accidentally started a, a trend. At least I think it was me where people were, would do increasingly dangerous stunts down the slide. I was just like, Oh Christ. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Fani, if that's all of your questions and all of my questions, are we ready to start wrapping things up? I think so. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Alexi, All right. who well, are you and how can we give you money? You? Oh, well, who am I? Ah, uh, that's a deep internal question. Sure is. Um, but... <laughs> no, I, I'm Alexi. I'm the founding director of Capcom and you can find me on FetLife and Twitter and probably most things. That have social media contacts, Instagram. I'd have to look at what all of them are. Some of them are baby Alexi. Some of them are the baby L. I don't know anymore. But I'm terrible at social media. I try whenever I can. It's a great um, time to not social media. Yeah. Right? And as far as giving me money, um, right now, I guess the best is, is through... I mean, there's really no way to give me personally money, but to, to give the con money is to buy tickets and, and things like that. If I ever come up with something that you can give me money for, then maybe then I'll, I'll let you know. Wonderful. Oh. <laughs> Funny. Your turn. Funny. Your turn. Um, currently, you can not give me money. I have unpublished my Patreon page because the life is crazy. Um. But you can also buy merch through uh, Jazzy and my uh, merch store through the links that Jazzy is going to provide in just a moment. And you can also buy a couple of pieces of mine and Juice Boxes merch through Assorted Crinkles at Etsy. And I have been your host, Jasmine Starshine. Um, I'm going to do the spiel I do about links in a second. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> god damn it there's another fucking masterpiece of art Bonnie do you want to do the alt text on this one it's Fred Flintstone going down a slide Jazzy style 
And he's in a diaper and he's saying, yabba dabba do. He sure is. <laughs> All right. I have been Jasmine Starsh. Fuck me. I can't, I can't look at these conditions. Uh, the best way to give me money is patreon.com such as starshine. I have set up the community goals. That is the best way you can directly improve the quality of the show. Thank you very much uh, to everyone who is helping out. Um, this is usually where I say the best way to get in touch with me is, is my Twitter. That's no longer the case. At Dear Jazzy Podcast. Is that our email address? I'm opening up my Gmail right now just to confirm that that is. Oh, God, I have to go on my phone. Hold on. Hold on. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. Dear Jesse Podcast at gmail.com. I was right. Uh, that is the best way to get in touch with me if you want to join our free Discord server. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like anything else. You already talked about our merch. Which is like big excite. Uh, I think that's it. This is the part of the show where I go, <gasps> Dear Jason, at oddswithgod.com production, please visit us online at, at oddswithgod.com where you can visit my links, Fonny's links, every link related to this show and soon to be others, including our merch store where we have some hype shit on there. I have been Jasmine Starshine. I've been Fonny ABDL. And I've been Alexi. And we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Watch your step on your way out. See ya. Bye. Bye. Get off the plane. One of you is a kangaroo and the other one is an axolotl in google drive and i love both of those i am the kangaroo <gasps> because Alexi. i see the axolotl you're the axolotl yay <laughs> alexiolotl 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 that's a mouthful alexa talking stop alexa <laughs> did both of us just go off yes <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, she's a blah 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 blah. Shut up! Supported. It's not the time for the AI uprising. I'm so happy that I was recording. <laughs>